Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and today I have the honor of being of having a guest, a very distinguished guest, and somebody who I respect greatly, um, Captain Caleb Alsup. Um, he left the military recently, um, but I don't want to take too much of his uh, his thunder. And I'm going to pass it over to him so he can explain how he transitioned out and just discuss whatever he whatever's on his mind today. So, sir, uh, thank you for being on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, uh, Tony, for having me on. Um, yeah, I like I said, Captain Caleb Alsup, or former captain now, but um, so I did transition within the last year um, out of the active army just. And that was for a couple different reasons. That's always the big question is why. You know, you were 10 in. Um, you were 10, 10 years in, halfway there. Why Why couldn't you make it to retirement? And I don't think, I think it, for me it boiled down to I have uh, five kiddos, uh, four boys, and a little, uh, little girl who's nine months old. And we deployed twice in three years, and it just was just too much. I, have a, I had a two-year-old that wouldn't take his hands away from my pockets literally when I was home so just kind of was a little too much and I think it was time for me to move on um but definitely family was the biggest thing for me and then a bigger part of transition is I really just don't like being told what to do and I'm sure you can relate to that I there's always I, I had a good leaders in the army and I always had bad leaders and I always felt like that even if you had a really good leader, what was followed was a, a, a day of reckoning um, with an, another mediocre leader. So I just, I was tired of the kind of the, the grind, if that makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed the Army. Um, it did 10 years. And like I said, I got out and I'm happy to say that we started our own business. I run a gun shop here in South Carolina called Blue Crescent Arms. Um, where we uh, specialize in firearms and hunting and fishing apparel, uh, as well as we're also able to give kind of some exposure to small veteran-owned businesses here in the the Carolinas and Georgia. So that's that's what I'm doing now. Um, I really enjoy it, um, and I've been doing that for about about, about been up about two months. So not not too long. Still learning. It is a going to be quite a transition, but that is that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, Definitely, I think uh, just looking back on it, um, I know we were talking a little bit before the sh- the show about the officer world, and I'll just tell you my kind of what I thought delineated uh, the officer corps was was those that really like the uh, the uh, the sirs and the ma'ams and the gentlemen's and everybody standing up when you walked in the room, which is not a bad thing but I, and then there was i think the line was the ones that want that just thought it was owed to them and the ones that thought they had to earn it from their subordinates and peers um for me um but yeah i specifically talking about uh just your transition um show i have seen that go a couple ways i, I know uh and i feel like the the more you get up in rank you get into the civilian world and just you it is truly like a switch that you can't quite flip that nobody cares nobody cares what you did in the army and that was a it was kind of a tough pill for me to swallow uh because i have a you know 
whatever, like a sheriff's deputy or a convenience store worker or whatever, just like, well, do you know how to do this? I'm like, what are you, are you kidding me? Like, do you, do I know how to, how to do some basic firearm skill? Um, you know, you have no idea what we were, what we were doing or what we were kind of trained to do. And, and no, they don't, and they don't care. And you could sit there and explain it to them and they're just going to be like, yeah, man, but you know, we're all the, you're, you're just back to being equal. And that's, and I, I hate to say it that way because you're always equal, but um, it's a true come down like you're not special. And I know uh, that's always a thing in the special operations community is. And I, I took that to mean that the mission was special and the people weren't. We were just the right people for that special mission. Um, but some people, uh, I think, have a hard time just kind of coming back to the civilian life and just being a true number on a ledger like the army does care about you a little bit more or at least your leader should care about you a little bit more than your civilian boss is going to care but i mean sometimes that's not the case yeah no that's no that's great uh what i experienced was um like 20 years of the war on terror and people just stopping you and saying hey thank for your service thanks for your service for me that always made me feel uncomfortable but you know i glad that i'm out and i don't get that anymore but i know some people miss that that they're not being thanked on a daily basis for their for their service to their country right i yeah that was always i was kind of in the same boat i mean i didn't do 20 years of the war on terror i just did uh i would 10 years and you know down and in in relatively nice places (laughs) doing relatively nice things but um yeah, it always kind of made me a little uncomfortable too. But I will say that I, I, in our shop, we put a couple of things on the wall. Like my grandfather, my great grandfather was in World War II, and I have his war record. And he was in the Ardennes Forest and um, Operation Market Garden. Those, you know, things. Those are levels that you play on Call of Duty for for crying out loud. Those, I mean, I'm sure he saw some things. And so I've tried to kind of read. Um, I put those things up there so I want people to know that this was a history thing and it's a family and then history is really big here in, in small town America um, but I every time it comes up like well thanks for your service I'm like well I try to just picture it as well these are it's more for those guys that, that didn't come back or or um, or so messed up that it, they didn't they couldn't really function anymore um, and so I, I do get the. Uh, I, I was definitely uncomfortable. But I, I try to frame it in like, well, it's kind of more for my grandfathers that were not okay when they came back. I mean, in 1948, it was our mental health stuff was a lot different than it is now. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because I, I was actually talking to one of my coworkers. Um, She's an anthropologist, right? And so she spent a lot of time out in the South Pacific, but they would send her out, and she was by herself. And I was having this discussion with her because she would downplay her her experiences. It's like, look, I might have gone off to the Amazon or to places in Iraq, but I always had a ridiculous amount of support. I always had food. I always had water, blood chits, a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, right. Like, support, like, you wouldn't believe I had a radio, a cell phone, a satellite phone. I had a VGAN that I could set up for my own portable internet. It's 
And she was out there with whatever she could carry on her back. And that was it. No communication whatsoever, yeah. just out on these islands. It was like, what I was telling her, what she did was a lot harder than what I did. Okay, so I got shot at. Look, I don't know how many millions of people served in the military, but there are a lot of people who were shot at and blown up. I'm not taking anything away from right. them um, because it's serious. Um, but I don't know how many people were just out in the middle of the South Pacific island hopping, trying to help the indigenous people by themselves. You know, it's it's two different worlds, and it's difficult for me to understand that. No, absolutely. I think, and that was also some of the frustration. I think that the uh, the the soft community is going to have to wrestle with for the next five or six years is like you can take a vacation to country X, but going there as part of an official party or something like that is just a nightmare. But you could go vacation there, and um, and you're staying in your four star hotel, but putting you and it's and it's all just a matter of legal the way that they kind of frame everything but and there's a place for that but i think we've way overdone it and flexibility and everything kind of goes out the window when you start talking about that but i definitely agree there's a lot of things that you can do on the civilian sector uh that's maybe not necessarily national defense but like causes there there are a lot of things that you can do on the civilian sector a lot easier easier but more risky you know more risky to help so i think that's also a misconception within the military like we're not the only ones doing the thing there's always there's a lot of people rowing that may or may not be putting themselves at way more risk than we're putting ourselves up because you know americans get really mad when soldiers get killed um period and rightly so but that's a that is a condition um that that we operate in um yeah, I think, like I said, the the biggest, I would say, uh, the biggest challenge for me transitioning, and this is a little bit back more onto the family topic, is I'm not sure about how when you transitioned, that was extremely hard for me. Not, not in the sense of I didn't like it, in the sense of, oh, you're home every day now. There is six other people that were completely used to me going, all right, guys, I'll see you at, what, I had to leave the house at 5.30. I came back at 6. Yeah, that's 12 hours out of the day that they could just go and do. And um, that was a that was a definitely a, a, the hardest part because it just kind of blindsided me. I was like, oh, it's your family. It's your people you love. You've been around them your whole life, their whole life especially. Um, but there's a lot of transition. There's a lot of things that you, you're not part of the game. Um, and you had to kind of, I had to figure out where I fit into the game, where I helped my wife do the things, what my kids needed me to do. Um, and when I was just in the way and then there was definitely like the first two weeks, they were just like, man, I don't know about you, but just go sit down in the yard. Like, we'll, we'll come tap you when we need you is what I felt like. So I don't know about you, but that was definitely a very difficult part for me that I just completely, and I think the army completely missed it. They mentioned it a couple of times in your tap or whatever, but they don't. I don't think they do it justice how hard it is to integrate back into a family in a, a sense of you being home. And especially in my case, I was at home nine all the time for 60, 70 days before we started this business. So, um. Yeah, so, you know, my kids were adults, right? My daughter was already in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But on the flip side of that, um, because I had missed, by the time she started college, I had already missed about six and a half years of her life with just deployments. That's not counting going to GRTC, NTC, field exercises, none of that. That's just straight deployments. So retiring and being here and then now she's back home, you know, calling her to see like, hey, does she need anything at college? It's, it's, I'm almost like a stranger that bothers her uh, because she hasn't really needed me for her entire life. When I was here, I would, you know, spoil her and we would do things. But my wife always took care of, like, the major problems, right? What they needed me for was, hey, Dad, pay my tuition. Hey, Dad, pay for my music lessons. Hey, Dad, pay for this. Okay. Uh, but my wife took care of the majority of that stuff. So now I know my kids love me, but there's that distance that I don't know if it'll ever – will it ever get better? This might be as good as it is as it's gonna as it's going to be. Um, just because I miss all that time. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that that's that's definitely when you get into the service to your country. I think that's where uh, it pays. It pays. It's that's where you earn your your uh, the the things and stuff. It's like all for me. I, I didn't even notice, and and like I said, I only did ten, so I didn't you know not even half probably what you serve, but that I did I knew when I came home this last time about a year ago almost exactly a year um when I came back because uh, uh, the my baby girl Isabel was getting born was her, she was uh getting ready to be born and I came back and Sebastian was like absolutely not you old man are gonna sit right there and I'm gonna hold your pocket in the literal sense just because every time I, I'm sure in his mind, and this is my, he completely probably smarter than me already, but he's just, you know, hey, you're not going anywhere. Every time I like go to, like one day I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up and you won't be there. I'm going to make sure that's not the case anymore. So I definitely, definitely understand that and it really hurts. Uh, so I, that was a big part of why I transitioned. And I think the army does a hard that is a hard thing for the army to do uh, to understand and to to put into words for people that make decisions on the hill it's like no 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 these are people that you could deploy back to back to back to back to back to back they're versatile multi-purpose yeah but there's a cost and you're not going to bear that cost the the dude on the ground will bear that cost um and he probably won't even see it coming um because i definitely like um i have a little bit little i got a little glimpse of um just how hard it was with me coming back is my wife was making all the decisions and you know at work you're not used to that you make all the decisions or you are at least very much involved in the decision making she's like no 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 we've been doing this for three years now you're just gonna do what i tell you to do um that was hard that was very hard um but yeah it, and then and now i'm completely happy with uh taking her advice and taking a back seat because i just don't have this other person in this other job going no no no, you're gonna do the thing and i have no say um, yeah that's it is it is nice being your own boss but i definitely have my boss my boss lady's uh you know married to me so <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, for me uh 
the first few months was a little rough. I started this podcast after I retired, but I didn't want to do any schooling or anything because just not having that added stress in my life of emails and texts and something going wrong, you know, somebody's spouse throwing pans at them, so I have to go over there to help them out. You know, Absolutely. somebody getting a DUI so I can go drive down there and get them out of jail. Not having that stress was weird for me, and it actually, I, my anxiety kicked in because I, I, I felt on edge all the time. I was waiting for something to happen. And uh, it, it just took a few months for me to get comfortable with knowing that, no, I work from 8 to 4. I'm I'm a I'm a dirty contractor and at four o'clock you shut things off and you go home. Right. And that that was weird for me, you know, because I'd have people come in and it's like, hey, can you do this? It's like, well, you know, I'm not supposed to, but okay. And then one day I finally clicked, it's like, you know, no, I can't. I ha- I have to go home. Right. Um, because I'm not in the army anymore. And I and I have the option. Yeah, right. That's I. That that is interesting. So I I definitely felt that in my first sixty days, but now that we started this business, I feel like it is twenty four seven, in a good way. But I like. I think one of the things I didn't understand also with starting a business is how much. Um. How much different it will be to work with, alongside your wife as a as a peer as a. As we are going to figure this thing out, and every it would be like her sitting in the the CMOC next to me, and we're making decisions together. That's what we do now. That was that was tough too. For sixty days, it's just like, well, what do you mean? And to know that I know very little about what we were doing. I mean, she's been running a business for five, six years on, on before me. Um, she's like, no, 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 I did that already. You need to do the thing. So that was also a piece of it. Um, that was very hard, uh, but we've and a lot of a lot of you know talkings to and conversations with us about how we were going to work together because um, we run. I mean, it is she's got her business, I have mine. But at the end of the day, that business is. They say you know if you're just on you're starting that business that that's your life. Like it is twenty four seven, so you can be at home all the time, and. Um, that's kind of what we've been been struggling been been struggling with and now we're like on the the horizon the sun's coming up and everything's a lot better just because we kind of figured out oh this is how you work okay this is how you work you're a little bit more i mean oh it tells me i kind of fly by the seat of my pants uh in the planning aspect which is funny because that's what the army paid me to do but apparently i don't (laughs) do it to her level um but um, that was a big piece of it. We, I really like the business because uh, it, but it did. The challenge was meshing that with like it's a whole family effort. That business, our job, is all together, and uh, and and to some extent, you know, the kids are a part of that too. Because you know they're crying, they want to eat, they want to have food. We gotta like factor that into the work schedule. <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. I'm going to work from nine to five and I'll be home. I mean, um, 
yeah, it's definitely got a lot more challenges, a lot more benefits, uh, but definitely I still feel some of the stress myself. So with the, I got to do this order, or this and that. So if I remember correctly, did you have a farm? Like a small we do. Farm? Yep. This is me. I'm out on our farm. We have, um, we've got uh, about 20 or so chickens, uh, 10 geese, which you might hear them in the background. Um, and then we have a couple horses and some goats that are our lawnmowers and keep the farm all nice and trim. Um, but we, so that, that was also a big part of it too. It's just, we found like the perfect, our perfect little gemstone in South Carolina in Bennettsville, South Carolina. Um, and we're about an hour and a half from the beach. So we go day, day trips to the beach and then we come back to our farm. Cause you know, you can't really leave the farm overnight very much. Um, but we really love it. I, I think it's going to be good for the kiddos, uh, growing up and, you know, they might move to the city for all I know, but they will have, they will know what it's like to have uh, chickens and go get eggs out of the hen house every morning. <laughs> um, I, I find that there are more and more service members who get out or starting small farms, whether it's because they just want cage-free eggs or i'm not sure exactly what it is um but if you've listened uh sergeant jackson he was in charlie company he got out at, at about nine years maybe ten years okay. and he started his farm up in uh in durham and uh I, he started his like right when covid he started it and like five months afterwards covid started uh, yeah. So he had to figure out a way of how to like deliver his eggs to his customers because oh. um, he couldn't go to the you know farmers market anymore, and uh, he just came out with this new like a like a, like a beef jerky stick mm-hmm. um, that that's supposed to be a better alternative, all natural, um, and uh, his his business seems to be thriving. Um, you remember Austin, right? C Slack. I do. Yep. Yeah, well, he has a small farm. It's mo- mostly just chickens, but he it's, it seems like he has like a hundred chickens now, which I know he started off with like awesome. ten. Yeah, I know we talked about that a lot in in at work, uh, Austin's uh, when he was starting his uh, his chicken chicken farm because I was just starting ours really, and he's got way more than we do. We got uh, foxes out here, but um, I think. Uh, I think for me and for us as a family that the farm just symbolizes everything that was about the freedom. Um, it's just like, oh, and then as a, you know, and as a soldier, you, you're so used to being outside. I mean, I know that's changing kind of in this day and age, but, um, the being outside, um, and, and having something to do, it's just, it's, it's super freeing for me. My, my horses are definitely mine. Um, that's what I do for, I don't want to think about anything. I'm going to go, you know, ride this really ornery horse because it's a, a task that I get to do outside. Um, and with and, and, you know, horses actually are very much in tune to what their riders are doing. So it's kind of cool to, you know, get that, to build that. But for me and our family, it was definitely the freedom to have, like... And then I think COVID did not help or uh, depending on how you looked at it. it, it definitely helps us get back to the subs, 
I wouldn't say subsistence, but your home, like I would say more homesteading. Like I'm going to have all these things and I'm going to have access to it. In the off chance that some crazy COVID pandemic thing happens again, I'm going to have fresh eggs every morning though. <laughs> uh, cause yeah. I mean, with four boys, we go through eggs, um, pretty, pretty good. So, but we love it. Um, and, uh, it, it's a lot of like I really like the the uh, learning. I always felt like my dad, who was a construction worker, knew more things that could help him survive than I ever did, and I, I think that's also part of it for me too. Is just oh okay, this is how you take care of a horse, how you ride the horse. This is how you go grab the eggs. These are the vaccines that they need. This is what you put in their water to make sure they don't get worms and all the things that you do for that. And you're like oh, okay, I know a hard skill, um, which is kind of what I mentioned. That's going back to school to get an associate's degree in in, uh, in firearms technology is going to give me more of a craftsman hard skill um, that was always hard for me to wrestle with in the army it was a lot of middle management stuff like that's great and that's I think very important but I, at the end of the day I wanted to be more I was more of a blue collar guy than a white, than a, a white collar uh, planning type guy so now and like you said, now that you've left the army, it's kind of like you. This is, this is, uh, this. I have a lot more options, and I, I'm going to take more control over it, and I'm going to go do things that I want to do. And it, and if it boils down to I only did it because I want to do it, then that's that's okay too. <laughs> you know. So, um, the, what I found and what I'm still working through is, um, maybe with the exception of explaining things to our spouse, that's it. Right. We don't. We don't have to justify what we do to anyone, anyone anymore. Right. Yeah, and, and and that is a, and like I said, I can't. I think I kind of understated, but like a lot of it was like I just could not take another boss um, that I didn't see eye to eye with. I wanted to, if this, you know, I think our business is going to do great. I hope it does great. We've had a great support from our community, but at the end of the day, if it survives or it thrives that is all on me and there's nobody to blame in there but that's like how i've always wanted it i know a lot of you know it may be different for other people but i want you know the friction point to be on me um i don't want to have i always feel like in the army like there was a decision made and a lot of people were going mm, ah, that's probably not a good idea but what could you do about it nothing you just bear bore the consequences of it now it's like well i I made that decision, so, you know, if we, I'm going to have to do what it takes to fix it. There's nobody to blame but myself, but that's how I've always wanted it. Um, and I understand that could be different for other people, but that, that's the one thing that I truly appreciate, um, about, um, starting our own business. Um, and I mean, I will have to give credit where credit's due. The army allowed us financially to be able to do that. Um, so... They have some semblance of it, but I just could not take another silly decision that we all knew was a silly decision, and then, <laughs> and yeah, then I, pick up all the pieces. <laughs> you know, I medically retired out, um, but I could have just hidden my injuries and just kept going. Um, but and I, I've said it multiple times, and I'll say it again. I waited twenty-one years to have a battalion commander a sergeant major and a company commander like those last three that I had 
Right. Colonel Finnegan, Sergeant Major Man, and our boss, oh Matthew Jacobs, is like, I have to get out now because it will never be this good ever again. Absolutely, like, and leave on a high note. Definitely, I and I. Um, I think, yeah, it was, but that and then because you knew that it was you were going to come down, you weren't going to stay up there. It was never, never going to stay that way. Um, and it took me only, it took me 10 years to figure it out. I was like, because I'd always go through the ups and the downs. And I'm like, man, I can't take another um, down. And I will uh, give kind of credit where credit's due. That the biggest wake up call for me was our, was one of the, the three that you mentioned was just, I deployed a, again with the same unit that we were in together. And mm-hmm. there was finally a phone call from, you know, our boss, our boss, my boss's boss. was like, Hey man, you're coming home. Your baby's about to be born. I don't care what's going on. It, you know, you're going to be back for this period. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. And then I get back and I'm like, ah, you know how hard that is. You know how rare that is for somebody to, or in the army. You know how rare that is for somebody to go, you know what? It might not be best for the mission, but we'll be okay. I'm going to assume the risk. I'm going to pull you back, and I'm going to put somebody else there. And, yeah, it might not be as good as it could have been. I'm not saying it wasn't, but, um, you know, there was a definite risk there. But being willing to stand on the line and be like, I'll, I'll take the blame if that's what happens. And I think that's what also separates good leaders from bad leaders in the Army, and I think in just everyday life. Daddy. Hey, buddy. I need juicy. Okay, we'll go get you juicy in a second. Okay. All right. <laughs> I like you. Okay, you can wait right there. Um, but that's, and that's a a big part of of uh, of what I think the army needs to do. Right. Um, that's going to be very difficult. Uh, because you do have to answer the mail, but that was, um. If I had any advice um, for anybody that was still in the army, still trudging along, I'd be willing to be like, "I'm going to assume the risk, and it might not work out for you, but it might." And I will say, regardless of whatever would have happened or didn't happen, um, you always have like the respect, I think, of everybody that you worked with and worked for. Um, but yeah, so. Before we started, you know, I was talking to you, and, uh, you know, my daughter, um, she's pretty honest. She's home from college for another for another week. She's been pretty honest. Every once in a while, she'll listen to these podcasts when she has nothing going on. She reminds me, I don't know, maybe twice a week. It's like, Dad, you're being an ass. You're too, you're too hard on officers. <laughs> it's like, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, because, one, it... One, it's my opinion. Um, that's all it is, just my opinion. Two, um, I was never an officer, so I don't know that side of it. I had a glimpse of it. I could see through the window, but I never experienced what life was as an officer. Um, in this PhD program that I'm in, it's global leadership. Um, there's a difference between leadership and management. Most people in the military are managers. They're not leaders. 
propaganda propaganda system that the military puts out that everybody is a leader. No, that's it's not correct. I understand why you're saying that, but that is no. Four hundred and fifty thousand people cannot all be leaders. Right, and I think uh, so. I say from there is it is very hard, and it is very much a game on the on on the officer side. I think that the hard part is that while you're competing head to head with everybody that's in your peer group, and you're wanting to be the the, the one of whatever. Um, the hard part for a lot of officers and um, is how do I reconcile my boss wants to do this, but I don't think it's a good idea, and everybody below me doesn't think a good idea. It's a good idea, um, but it takes a lot to go. Hey, boss man, I know you're going to write that thing that's going to completely change my entire career and trajectory of my life, but you're wrong on this one. I think that that's the job. I think that's what you should do. That is way easier said than done. Because um, I will say there's a lot of pressures to go, hey, you want to end up in JRTC? Because we make that happen. And, and that's a real thing. And, like, you know, my cast is sitting here next to me, and he's like, I don't like Louisiana. I'm like, I want to stay in South Carolina. You know, so those are the things that you're you're grappling with. It shouldn't be that way, but it won't change anytime soon. Um, but I think there are officers that will kind of take it on the chin. Kind of the last three that we had definitely would. Um, but also that has to line up. Um, that came from all the way down. Each officer kind of thought the same way and and we're going to do the same things. When you have one chink in that armor, that is everything. Now, now that that whole system cannot work the way that it was designed. Um, for officers um, and you're just out so much on a limb and there's so much risk that you're kind of like taught to that well this is good for the organization this is right but I, I think where you get you switch from being a manager to a leader when you're willing to go against the grain and go hey no it's better for the employees and if the employees happy like there's a lot of data out there that suggests that they will, in fact, make the organization way better than me forcing them to do the thing that you think is going to make them do better. So I think um, that's – but there's always differing opinions on that. Um, but officers definitely – I mean, you know, probably not the best officer. But, I mean, yeah, I was pretty combative with other officers. I wasn't typically combative with senior NCOs, um, but I was very combative because that was – in my mind, that was what you're supposed to be. I'm supposed to like you. We're supposed to be peers. I'm supposed to challenge everything that you do so we get to the best outcome. Um, and, and I mean, me and uh, uh, our last commander definitely dis- disagreed on quite a lot. But <laughs> um, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but being, making those decisions is very hard as an officer, and it puts you in a lot of bind. Um and I, the only thing I really did not like about officers that I wish would change would be that understanding that outside nobody cares whether you were a captain or an 06 or an 05 
those people that are going to be in your peer group have been in that organization, whatever job it is, for 10, 15 years. They've earned their respect. You're starting back at the bottom and be okay with that. Um, and that's that's the only ones that I've seen maybe struggle a little bit more when they get to the civilian side. It's like people that don't realize that you're just a bachelor's degree in the in the grand scheme of every bachelor's degree. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, especially if you've got, I mean, like my bachelor's degree in American government. Like, that's great. It's good for a government job. It's not great anywhere else. <laughs> so, um, that, yeah, I think there's a lot of self-reflection. Um, but I really liked, I actually really enjoy being an officer because I had a little bit more clarity and, and, and ability to stand on the line and go, no, 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 we're doing this cause, uh, that's what we're going to do. Um, I never got the opportunity cause unfortunately they keep moving that flag further and further and further you know now you've got to be an 06 to really make a decision in in the reality of it um and like an 03 commander company commander and everywhere like they're responsible for everything but they control none of it and i think that was also a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people because they, you have to, that that flag just keeps moving further and further eventually you have to be a star to really make a decision because Nobody's willing to take the risk or let you fall and fail. Um, because typically when, you know, we fail, it's, they've got to answer something or it has a funding cost or something, something, something along the way. But yeah, so point, talking about leadership, um, you know, I, I brought you on here because I thought you were a leader. That's why I asked you to be on here. Um, the one thing I noticed about the people that I served with in the military that I thought were leaders were they actually generally cared about their soldiers. Now, I'm not saying that you were a father figure or you were a BFF or a brother, but you showed empathy towards your to, towards the people on your team. They, they weren't just uh, another number. You know, and yeah. I think that, for me, that's what separates a, a leader from a manager alright yeah I, there's definitely and then there's always that was always a tough balancing act that the army kind of asked you to play um, and, and that's where I leaned a lot uh, heavy on NCOs in that particular realm and I think that also came I mean again to give credit where credit is due I think where I graduated from is a polar opposite of where most people graduate from, and officer-wise. Because um, we were raised by NCOs to be people that NCOs respected. Which is completely different than you're an officer, you're going to drink your tea with your pinky finger out. Which is kind of some of the stereotypes, I guess, of officers. But um, I think that was, I will give that back to uh, the ROTC instructors that I had. And... Uh, and I hate to say it, I really do, but I had a lot of Marine Corps staff sergeants that were very much, that was a point of fact, like, you're not going to be an officer if you don't care. And it was almost like a beating, um, but I will say that, you know, to give the Marine Corps a little bit of credit, that's one thing I think they do well, is they care about each other, uh, and their NCOs have true authority. Um, and that I think there's a couple reasons for that, but... 
um, they that was definitely uh, I'll give give a lot of those uh, staff sergeants a lot of credit um, for being able to sit down and go. I know you're going to be an officer one day, but here's the thing, <laughs> you know, look at this thing and do these things and you'll be okay. Um, so I, I appreciate them. And then also where I, where I went to school was a big part of that. Yeah. So we're going on about 40 minutes now. And, uh, so I don't want to keep you all day cause I see that your, your kids, uh, want their juice. He does. And he wants his juice. Th- that, that's more important than uh, this podcast. Family is definitely more important than this podcast. Um, so, are there one? Do you have any shout outs that you want to give? And are there any businesses, maybe perhaps your own, that you'd like to plug, promote? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, we, like I said, my wife has been awesome. Um, she's definitely the um, the only reason that I had the courage to step out of the army because there is a certain safety blanket that comes with that. But uh, she was just like, no, no, you're going to do it and you're going to be great at it. And uh, she's been there to help me all the way through it. And our business is Blue Crescent Arms um, out here in Bennettsville, South Carolina. We do uh, firearms, ammunition, hunting and fishing apparel. And my wife, the expert that she is, does uh, House of Tokumen rugs. Um, which are uh, a lot of Turkish and handmade rugs that come straight out of uh, um, of Turkey. So she's been doing that for a long time. Learned a lot of things. She has a great uh, a great uh, Instagram page. Uh, feel free to like and follow her. She gives you a lot of rug tips. She posts an incredible amount um, on her Instagram. Um, but no, I I truly appreciate it, uh, Tony. I it's it's nice to sit down and just kind of talk through some of the things because I think that's definitely when we were when we kind of messaged back and forth this week that was like, what's the biggest challenge um, definitely the biggest challenge for me was integrating into the family unit in a in a in a meaningful way um, and there's a lot of friction there because uh, I wanted to come in and be the, the captain of my own house and that's eh, <laughs> doesn't work that way sometimes yeah. <laughs> so um but no, I, I truly appreciate it, and I, and and thank you. I'm gonna go raise my uh, four boys and one little girl, and we'll be here in South Carolina if you ever stop by. Uh, like I said, we're on uh, 112 South Marlboro Street here in Bennettsville. Uh, we should be on Google if you look us up. So I look forward to to seeing you if you ever get down here. All right. Well. Um Thank you for being on. It was very insightful. I'm sure every, uh, whoever listens to this podcast will get something out of it. And for everybody out there who's listening, just remember you have something that makes you special, something that makes you unique. Identify what that is. Maximize it to its fullest potential, and I know you'll be successful in life. So until next time, zot, 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 and roll tide.